whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Oh, I was wondering if you actually had the ones that vibrate. Uh, nope. Nope. Those were the weird ones. No, 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 <laughs> did not have those. Did not. Enough said. Enough said. That may have to be the teaser for, for this week's show. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Toast Show, episode 577 for March 4th, 2021. This is your AEW Revolution preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, have you found the PS5 yet, my friend? Uh, have I found it? Yeah, I mean, in, in on Dreams and on eBay for like six times the amount, but not in a regular retail setting. Um, but I also didn't know I was supposed to be looking for it. What would you think is easier right now? Getting vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine or finding a PS5? Well, considering Walmart in Alabama is helping with vaccinations, but yet the Walmart's also on the door, it says... We are currently out of stock for PS5. I would go on vaccination. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Walmart saves, Walmart saves the world, Jeff. It, little by little. I, it's, it's amazing to me. I am perplexed uh, more and more by PlayStation 5, which I can't wait to see what the wrestling games are going to be like on, uh, on an Xbox or a PlayStation 5. What is it, Xbox X? Is that what this new one is? I honestly have no idea. See, I, I, and you're the big video game guy, I thought. Well, I've, but I've been a PlayStation guy my entire okay. life. Like, okay, I have, same, same. I, I've, I owned an Xbox for actually three weeks. And what happened? <laughs> I got I bought it off eBay. It got the Red Rings of Death three weeks later. And I was like, yep, this is why I'm done with Microsoft. So, Did you buy it when it was like new? Or was it No, this, is, this was uh, like years removed I, from the launch? Yeah, this is like well, this is like back when we first started the show. 
Uh, okay, okay. I feel like I remember this now. Yeah, it was right when the uh, the Ghostbusters video game first came out because everybody was hyping it up as basically written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd that this is kind of what Ghostbusters 3 would be. So went and bought it. Uh, or uh, found, Somebody bought me the game, but they bought it on Xbox. Well, instead of trying to track the person down to get a receipt to go return and exchange it, I'm like, well, I've always kind of been interested in Xbox, so I bought one off eBay. Um, it had been, I think it was the Xbox 360, so it was, uh, or what's the Xbox, when the, when the PS3 came out, that's when I got this. So whatever the Xbox version was when the PS3 came out. Um, and I had it for a couple weeks, played through the Ghostbusters game, and also one day I went to turn it on and got Red Ring of Death. And I'm like, well, PlayStation never did this to me, so basically just chugged it in the trash. <laughs> wasting 250 bucks to basically play Ghostbusters. We've we've discussed like our favorite wrestling video games. So I think we did that show about almost a year ago now with Adam Rank from NFL Network. But what was the yeah. last wrestling video game you played that you thought was good? Um, I think 2K16. Because after that, it's all been kind of the same. I think 2K16 is when they really kind of re- did the tag teams and, and had the hot tags and all that stuff. Um, and then probably before that was, um, not here comes the pain. Here comes the pain was good. Whichever one it is, uh, that, uh, Xavier Woods and the one that actually had GM mode, I think it was like oh, 06. Isn't that raw versus SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like the, 2007. The 2K, yeah. Like the two K games, it, it's kind of like Madden. Like I, and you know, I mean, if you're like me, Madden's like one of those things you just get every year. Like, you just love Madden and updated roster and everything else like that. But it kind of plays like the same game. Like, they might have one little tweak or one little difference. And it's like, man, I'm really investing like 60, 70 bucks just basically to get an update on this game. And, and the 2K games have kind of been that way, you know, over the last five years. And, and then this year with them not doing one, I'm hoping that next year's game is basically you know back to the drawing board relaunch as they're taking two years to do it um but yeah like it's it's been a while since i've actually played one where i'm like wow this is amazing and i'm blown away by it yeah it has been a a long time i have not bought a wrestling video game probably since it's either what's the one it was a 2k game it may be like 2k 12 or 2k 13 i think punk was on the cover and they did the whole big storyline was a uh, WCW invasion, like ten years later. Do you remember that one? They had like Nitro was an arena. Uh, yeah, no, I think actually I think it was two uh, K fourteen because that's when I first yeah. moved to Alabama. I think that's I think it was two K fourteen had Punk on the cover because it was like for a while it was almost like uh, the other thing I, had, I always love about two K games was uh, well it was almost like getting the curse, uh, you know, the Madden curse. Like, if you were on the cover, like, the next year, you just had a crap year. Yeah. You know? So, you know, or, or you just went on TV, like, you know, Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns were on the cover of the last game. And, you know, Becky had a strong year, but then, you know, she, now she's she got pregnant, had a baby, hasn't been on TV in over a year. You know, Roman went away, came back, and, you know, now he's on probably the best run, but it took a little while to get past the curse. Seth's had drop-offs after his, AJ. It's kind of like, it, it's not as bad as the Madden curse. Because God knows Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden one year, and then out of the league two years later. Um, but it's 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 you know maybe like the Madden hiccup or the the two K hiccups for wrestlers when they're on the cover. I got about I, speaking of the two K games, I got a DM about, and I brought it up here on the show, and I'll bring it up again. So 
when when it, if it happens, we could say we told you so. I got a DM back in was it August of this past year? It was I think it was like with the beginning of the pandemic, maybe a year ago, maybe it was like March time, that said to me that CM Punk is going to be the next cover uh, wrestler for the next 2K game. That they were not going to come off. They were not going to have a 2K game this past year in 2020. Um, but Punk would be back in 2021, and it was going to lead to a deal with him wrestling in WWE. Like they kept Punk off this entire time because they didn't want to utilize him uh, during the pandemic. And this was kind of around the time when he just came back to backstage as well. Um, I haven't heard anything about it since. I, I think that would be wild for them to basically hold off on that entire like CM Punk rumored return for the last seven years for this long. But I thought I'd throw it out there, uh, especially with the stuff with AW this Sunday. And we'll talk about it certainly later on here in the show with, with a huge, huge name being uh, contracted now to AW. But I, I remember getting that, uh, that message that Punk is supposed to be the next cover wrestler for the 2K game. Now, how reliable is this source? Like, I mean, did he tip it's you pretty off? pretty reliable. It's, okay, it's just... pretty reliable. It's, it's someone who has told me things in the past, and they've come to fruition. Um, but I haven't heard it anywhere else. And to me, like, I feel like you would have heard that from, like, a WrestleVotes on Twitter. Yeah. Or, uh, so you, you, you go to WrestleVotes. I go to Slice Wrestling for some of my other stuff because uh, they're pretty reliable as well when, when – when they actually post, they go through waves where they don't post for for weeks and weeks on end. Um, it would be wild to hold it off, but then again, if it was coming up around the time you know with the, the pandemic, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew how WrestleMania was going to play out last year. WrestleMania this year is still kind of not as much up in the air, but they're still it's not back to normal. I mean, I could see them saying, "Yo, hey, if you want to come back, WrestleMania 38." It's going to be in Los... 38th in uh, Texas? It is, yep. Yeah, so this is going to be in Dallas. Uh, you know, Punk and Rollins or something like that. Like, I can see them holding off on it because, you know, last year you, you said Taker. This year holding off is kind of sketchy because we don't really have that big-name guy coming back in. Uh, but definitely it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out given what's going on Sunday and whoever this person is, the AEW, is it, you know, is it punk? Is it somebody else? And we'll get into that, but it's going to be interesting who this you know, other person is, because if it's punk, then it kind of totally blows that out of the water. It totally does. A hundred percent. I often think about how many things were tabled because of the pandemic. And I bring that up. It's funny that you went that direction because I'm playing a ton of catch up right now on, on my WWE network. Uh, my, my, my list on the network is rather long. And uh, just throughout the year, like, I never get a chance really to sit down. But when it's, like, the cold winter months, all I do is, like, binge watch WWE Network for for days on end and nights on end when there's really nothing to do, especially at nighttime here in the winter. And one of the things that I most recently just finished was uh, – I don't know if you've ever seen it, Dr. Trey – is the uh, Chronicle for, for Shayna Baszler. And, it, and it's right around this time. It was, like uh, – I think it was Royal Rumble to, like, May – like Money in the Bank of last year? Did you you ever see that Chronicle? No, I haven't seen that one yet. And I bring that up because uh, they did a show, I want to say early February. Yeah, it was the night that uh, Shayna bit Becky Lynch. And uh, it was in Ontario, California, and Ronda Rousey was backstage. They showed her. And I don't ever remember reading anything about Ronda Rousey, 
but there was always this weird like rumor mill that uh, that she was going to be making return at some point, whether it was WrestleMania, whether it was over the summer, like Ronda was supposed to be coming back. And I remember in the early onset of the pandemic, they even said that they put a lot of things on hold uh, during the pandemic because of what was going on. There was no fans or anything like that. When we ever look back, and we'll never know, Dr. Trey, but when we look back at this pandemic era of wrestling, how many things do you actually think were definitely put on hold? Because I'm throwing out the the CM Punk rumor that you don't really see anywhere else. Uh, Ronda Rousey, that was a big rumor. And then the third thing that I remember reading about a lot, because Triple H has even alluded to this, was the build of Rhea Ripley. Like the, the way that Rhea Ripley was supposed to be built coming out of WrestleMania did not go the way as planned because of the pandemic. How many things do you think got truly altered because of COVID-19 last year? Oh, I'm sure there was quite a few. Um, you know, what would the Taker match have been? You know, if not for the pandemic, like how would that have actually played out? I mean, fortuitously, it worked out pretty well. Um, you know, I'm always going to go back to Apollo Crews because he was kind of on a hot streak, you know, leading into it. And then, you know, he had the U.S. title. It seemed like they were pushing him more and it kind of fell apart as well. It, it's kind of like that Rhea Ripley thing you're talking about. Like she had the great match at WrestleMania and then it was like, all right, we got to cool this off until we can actually do something with it. So. I'm sure they had a lot of iron or fire, irons in the fire uh, for things they wanted to do, but without the live crowd, they've tabled things and they want that big reaction. I mean, you and I have talked many times about certain pops that from the crowd that we've heard, you know, from WrestleManias or Royal Rumbles or big events, and they probably have held off on you know quite a few things because those moments become iconic and memorable uh, because of how the crowd reaction is. Yeah, it's uh, it's truly going to be weird. I don't know if we'll ever tr- really find out. Uh, the only way I think we'll ever find out is if uh, Bruce Pritchard loses his job at WWE again and on something <laughs> uh, something to wrestle, they basically cover the pandemic. Because there, you had to figure there was some stuff. There's a ton of these little rumors, and it's even alluded to in uh, media briefings uh, over the last uh, couple of years. Or excuse me, the last couple of months. It's it's been a strange time. It's amazing, Doctor Trey. Uh, what will be next week's show? Will be a year from when all hell broke loose in the United States with uh, Tom Hanks getting COVID. The president of the United States at the time is talking to the country. The NBA shut down, uh, and then I remember doing that show the next day, which I always say was like one of the most depressing shows we ever did. That'll be a year ago next week when uh, when we rejoin and recap and review Revolution. Yeah, I was thinking about this not too long ago because, you know, March, in my head, it's like, was it March 11th is kind of the day where everything kind of changed. And it's going to be like, in some ways, it'll be, you know, remembered not to the level of 9-11, but to me, March 11th will become one of those days that we kind of remember for the next 10 or 15 years, like the day the pandemic really kicked in. (laughs) I was sitting there going, you know, that show was super depressing, but I'm like, I don't know what show was more depressing, that show or the uh, follow-up to Super Showdown. Super Showdown was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. This was, I feel like that one a year ago was really bad because we there was uh, it was like a touch of of there was massive anxiety, right? And I think there was a lot of uh, worry, like there was real world worry. I think about those March, April, May shows that we were doing back then. Uh, when I said back then, like it was 18 years ago. 
not even a year ago. But when I look back at those shows from a year ago, like those three months specifically, like there were times like there was just nothing going on. There was nothing on TV uh, outside of wrestling. Uh, WrestleMania was completely killed to just being held off in a warehouse in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and I remember we were like turning out like what, two, three shows a week almost. We were doing a bunch of bonus casts cause yeah. a, we didn't have anything to do and B we wanted to like be there for the listeners. Like it was a strange time for sure. Yeah. I remember, I remember we did a show and I had pulled off. I was coming back from Huntsville for some reason and uh, I had pulled off in the back parking lot of like, uh, an old gas station. And we were doing the show, and it was probably, I think, uh, fourth week after the pandemic. So probably like the first show of April. And I remember as I was doing the show, I'm sitting going, this is like the most depressing stuff because there was nothing going on. And at that point, we started hearing about how everything was getting worse. Like March 11th was kind of like the kickoff for the pandemic, but it was more like in your area, the Northwest, in California. Yeah. It hadn't really affected this, you know, the mid, the middle part of the country, the South. And, you know, we had talked like it was almost like we were Alabama was like on a two week curve behind, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And so I was hearing you tell me all the stuff that was going on in your area. And for us, like nothing was really going on. And all of a sudden it kind of started spread hit Atlanta. And once it hit Atlanta, it spread in Alabama. It was just like we were sitting like, like I just didn't know what to do. It was like and. and to me, the worst part about this whole thing is, has been, you know, the way it's transmitted. Like, you never, you don't know who has it and who doesn't. You can't tell, like, if somebody's coughing, well, I mean, they could have COVID or they could just have asthma, you know, and somebody could look perfectly healthy and, and transmit it. And that was the biggest thing throughout this whole thing was the unknown and not knowing really anything about it, who was going to get it, and, and how bad it was going to spread. So it's, those times were just so depressing and yet we were still trying to put out a positive spin to make the, to make the fans happy. I, I, that's dedication on our level. So I'm going to do our own horn for, horn for that. Yeah. I mean, plus like I always said back then and I'll say it now too, it was a little bit, uh, it was like that box of, of normal was, uh, was doing the podcast during those three months, especially maybe we'll take a look back on next week's show when we recap and review a revolution and, uh, Talk about where we're at a year later, because there's a ton of stuff being discussed in the real world right now. Uh, you know, pandemic, people could see the light at the end of the tunnel, vaccinations, opening up, uh, all that stuff. Maybe we'll talk about it on next week's podcast. Uh, some bright spots in the world of professional wrestling that can you continue forward, Dr. Trey, unless you're a fan of The Miz, is we have another we have a new WWE champion again for, for the third time in, in, what, three, four weeks uh, and his name is Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley wins the WWE Championship from The Miz uh, this past Monday night in a lumberjack match of all of all matches. Uh, I watched Raw in its entirety. I kind of liked how they pushed it along, and it seemed to actually help out their viewership as the viewers stayed locked in for the entire time, for the entire show. So that shows it was a success. But uh, very, very happy for Bobby Lashley. He deserves it. He's earned it. Uh, but The Miz has one of the worst WWE Championship title reigns of all time. Uh, there's the good here with what happened Bobby Lashley, Dr. Trey. The bad, if you're a fan of The Miz, your thoughts on the big moves from Monday night? Yeah, I mean, this, you know, this is, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think this is probably the, the route they're probably going to take as far as, you know, kind of getting everything set on, you know, the WWE Championship picture for heading into to WrestleMania. Um, you know, as a fan of The Miz, it sucked. Uh, cause you know, I, I think that guy is one of those guys that 
kind of deserves a a good run with the belt. The two times now he's been champion, he's basically been overshadowed by everybody else around him. Um, and I still think he's one of the most he's one of the most gifted talkers of all time. Um, the only what two time Grand Slam champion in in WWE history. I mean, the guy kind of deserves you know a little bit more than what he got out of this run. But the flip side is you know Lashley. I hate using the term deserves uh, because that implies that just if you stick around long enough, you should get something. But, you know, over the past year, two years, I mean, him and Drew have carried that brand. Um, and if Drew's not on top to me, Lashley's the most logical choice. So um, it, it's great. And then plus, you know, for diversity in wrestling, when you look and you have an African-American champion, African-American tag team champions, African-American women's champion. Like it, it just runs all through WWE now. So uh, maybe they're working on on shaking the uh, mystique or illusion that you know WWE's racist. I mean, they're kind of opening up all their doors to everybody. Um, and then the last thing I thought about Jeff was, and this is a question for you: Does this make the Hurt business the most dominant you know trio in in Raw slash WWE history? Because you have a world champion and a tag team champion. The only last time I can remember that happening was uh, Legacy. Yeah, that's a good uh, evolution, too. Oh, you, t- you said trio, right? I consider them uh, a four-person stable, though. Well, what, Legacy? Uh, no, I mean, um, I consider uh, the Hurt Business four people. Because yeah, MVP does me, wrestle. Yeah, but he's to me, it's it's... A trio with a manager who it's kind of like you're know, watching Tully Blanchard wrestle. I mean, MVP can still go a little bit, but he's he's not MVP from like 05. You know? No, like, you know, no, but I felt like they were going to put a title on him uh, recently. Um, I think when you look at recent, like I guess Le- Legacy is certainly there, but I think people tend to forget Legacy. I would compare them more to Evolution. Um, from the early 2000s of, of Triple H, Flair, Batista, Randy Orton. They they have... What I love about everything they've done with the Hurt Business and Bobby Lashley is when it first started, it wasn't anything like, uh, oh, this is exciting, this is, this is intriguing, this is interesting. They earned that respect as time went on. Like, Lashley had some pretty boring matches. Like, when he came back to WWE, I think he had a victory over Roman Reigns. We're sitting here, we're doing the podcast. He needs to face... Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, I think it was like SummerSlam 2018 or 2019, and then went to Reigns, the guy that beat Lashley or lost to Lashley at the previous pay-per-view. But they did some sort of match on like Raw where Lashley lost. I thought that killed his momentum, and he's working his baby face. And then they did that really horrible angle with, uh, with Rusev, Lana, Liv Morgan very briefly, and Lashley that I thought killed him, and then they you know got him out of it into the summer. And to me, the the point where I started really liking Bobby Lashley was his match against Drew McIntyre that we talked about on last week's show. And then the way they just kind of built him up. I think they held him off for probably a little bit too long in the United States Championship title picture uh, before they executed there. But when they put that title on him, that made him so much more dominant and just an, an, an enjoyable character to watch that he made the full Nelson a devastating submission move. Um, but to answer your question, I think Hurt Business... It's a little bit too soon to tell. If you're going to say it's a trio, uh, Legacy, I would say they're better than Legacy. If you're saying that they're a four-person, I think they're still a couple steps behind Evolution right now. But I like where they're headed in the Hurt Business. It's it's definitely refreshing to see for the Raw brand. Yeah, because I was trying to think of a time when you had 
and I call it the horseman thing where you have everybody in the group's a champion. And, and once again, yeah, I mean, we can say MVP's, you know, an active wrestler, but he really is more manager. Like, I mean, we've never seen it with Bray Wyatt and, and Luke Harper and um, uh, bu- 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 Eric Rowan. You never saw one guy on top and the other two being tag champs. Uh, we haven't seen it with the New Day. Like, I, it would be, well, Kofi and, and Biggie and Xavier all have belts at the same time, didn't they? I can't remember um, if it was exactly the same time or if it was staggered. I think it was staggered. I think it was staggered. But even, uh, you know, the Shield, they never had the world title in the oh. at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. It was uh, Reigns, Seth, and oh. Moxley had the U.S. title. Yeah, I yeah. tend to forget about them. I, I, I know they didn't hand a, hold the world championship at that point, but... I have to say that the greatest trio in wrestling history is, to me, is the Shield. Yeah, I just, I mean, to me, to see them do this, do this now, and put the, you know, put the world title on Lashley, the tag belts on, you know, Benjamin and Alexander. To me, that's that's quite a feat. Um, you know, especially when we talk about some of the great trios and in, in, in groups in WWE history. I mean, that's it's rarefied air to to land that uh, kind of triumvirate there. Yeah, it's it's. It's pretty amazing what they've done. Um, Got to give them credit. I mean, this is this is something I didn't see happening uh, with this trio, and they've they've broken through. And I think naturally, right, even with no fans in the stands, I think for me as a viewer at home, I really enjoy, enjoy and appreciate what the, the Hurt Business is doing on television each week. Yeah, and, and it's also if you look at the booking of this, like the, of that group. They're they're heels, but they're not always heels. Like they were the first ones to fight retribution. You know, it's True. Lashley and MVP take you know calling out the Miz. Like they're kind of like you know that that divining rod in the middle of WWE, where you know they'll go wherever they think is most needed with them. And, and I love that about it. It's not a traditional heel group booking. I mean, they'll still beat people up randomly. But if somebody's threatening their turf, they're going to stand there and hold their ground, which I, I love that about how this, this whole thing has been booked. But they do kind of wave along that line of being a heel and a baby face, just kind of depending. But it is organic. It's weird because, like like I said, you know, typically they're mostly their heels, but I feel that almost like universally fans just respect the hell out of them. So it's hard to hate them when you respect them so much. Is The Miz the most selfless wrestler of all time now um i would i probably it's hard it's hard to argue that point i mean um dolph is probably up in that up in that range too um because none of his runs as, as a champion on any level has ever really been all that long um but typically when you, i mean if you look at everything the miz has done for this company yeah he's he's probably the most selfless wrestler in maybe in, in wrestling history the fact that he just basically does whatever the company needs him to do and he just and you never hear Miz really complain about it you know it's just whatever you guys need to do I'll go do and he makes a good living at it so I, I, the guy's just phenomenal uh, moving from a selfless wrestler that is the Miz to uh, someone who uh, b- well both wrestlers that I consider to be selfless as well as uh, Bianca Belair, Dr. Trey, made her decision on who she would like to face at WrestleMania 37. And uh, in about a month's time, it will be 
Bianca Belair going one-on-one with Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, No surprise there. I think this is the right call. Your thoughts on how uh, it all went down with Bianca making her choice? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, we we, kind of knew this was going to go that way, but as I'm watching it kind of unfold, you know, with uh, Reginald out there and everything else, I'm like going, you know, Sasha's kind of coming off like, the heel a little bit and maybe that's the way they want this to go so you know bianca gets a bigger pop if if indeed she does win at wrestlemania and you know i don't know about you but i also see like you know if the street profits are, are challenging Miz and singling for the tag belts that it'd be a possibility for that as well to get that like nice little like husband wife husband and wife moment together um but it's just, it, it it like it just came off kind of weird like i didn't know who I'm supposed to be cheering for, because you and I have both sat here and said we like Bianca better as a heel, um, but yet it's kind of Sasha in that role. That's that's the, that was the vibe I got from SmackDown anyway. You've always thought like Sasha was a heel, though. Even when she was like a, a white meat baby face, you're like, I don't know, man. She's acting like a jerk. She, I mean, the way she, I mean, it, to me, it's all about tone, and maybe it's because maybe in her promo classes they didn't teach her inflection and tone. Like, there's a way to talk when you're a baby face, and there's a way to talk when you're heel. And typically, your baby faces aren't that overly cocky. And it just kind of came off that way uh, Friday night when I watched SmackDown. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting way that things are being built there. I like the move. I like Bianca Belair in it. it it's, uh, it's intriguing with Reginald. The thought behind a lot, what a lot of people think is that this will somehow turn into a triple threat match. And I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it's not Carmella, Bianca, Sasha. Because I think Bianca, Sasha on its own... Uh, that would be that would be a match I'd be totally fine with closing out one of the nights of WrestleManias, Doctor Trey. Yeah, but there's also a way for Bianca to win and Sasha not get pinned. We just saw that with you know Riddle winning the U.S. title. That if you throw Carmella into the mix, uh, it's a way for Carmella to take the pinfall and Bianca get the win and Sasha not lose you know kind of her luster in the whole thing, but. Uh, for a moment, when you said triple threat, I was I was kind of hoping that Reginald would be in the triple threat, but that was just you know selfishness. It's amazing how much that dude like uh, is impressing, and he's probably did not have. They never thought it was going to be a role like this. So props to Reginald for for taking advantage of the situation that has been given to him. Uh, speaking of big news in the women's division in WWE, big news in the women's division of AEW this past Wednesday night, Dr. Trey, as we saw Jade Cardgrill, uh, finally wrestle on Dynamite, tagging up with Shaq in a match against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. Uh, what were your thoughts on that match? Obviously, they had the Sports Center moment with Shaq going through the tables. This was also an opportunity to introduce Jade Cardgill as a, uh, potentially the next big thing in the women's division in AEW. What were your thoughts all in all on the, uh, the tag match that opened up Dynamite this past Wednesday? Um, so better than I expected. I guess that's kind of the way I was looking at it. Sammy really liked it. He's a big Shaquille O'Neal fan. Really? Um, like, Bandwagon. I, I, yeah. I mean, well, he grew up listening to Shaq Diesel on the on the CD. You know, true, that was true. True. You know, he, he, dad's, uh, his dad's senior quote was a line from Shaq's uh, record album, actually. Um, so... <laughs> But like, it was better than I expected, considering you got you know Shaq, who's basically been training for like maybe a month and a half. Jade Cargill's been training for a, a while, but you know never on that kind of stage. Red Velvet's still young, like really the only person with any kind of experience was Cody. So I went in with like very low expectations, and I'm like, you know what, this this wasn't half bad. Now 
I, that's you know me nitpicking it. I, I thought the girls posed a little too much. If I see Red Velvet stirring it up, the little hand motion, Jade with her posing, it was getting a little ridiculous. I get that they're trying to get themselves over, but at the same time, you're still trying to fight each other. But overall, I, I was entertained by it, and that's all you can ask for out of any match on TV. Yeah, yeah, no, I was entertained. I thought uh, Shaq did well. Uh, those types of matches are always type of, uh, they're kind of cringeworthy at points, and it was certainly going for that sports center moment. They got that with the table spot. Props to Shaq for doing it. Uh, I did love some of the cues for them to, <laughs> to let Shaq know that things were happening, like Austin Gunn pulled the back of his shirt, and then they hit him with the chair. Uh, when they went through the table, Shaq did the old uh, tap on Cody's back to let him know that he was okay. Which is cool. We get it. It's wrestling fans. Props to Shaq for doing it. Jade was definitely one I was watching the most in this match because I'm highly intrigued by her character. And I think that she could be a force as time goes on. So I was like, if she puts on a performance that uh, catches me off guard as a fan, uh, that they may have something there. I'll be honest. Maybe not popular opinion here, Dr. Trey. But I thought the performance in the ring by her was not that great. I thought she looked very green in the ring. And I'm surprised that they put her in this position uh, to build her up potentially as the face of the AW women's division going forward. Yeah, I thought she looked really green as well. There were times when, you know, Red Velvet would hit a move. Apparently, Sammy didn't like it either. Uh, Red Velvet would hit a move, and Jay's not selling it at all. And it's like, yeah, I, I saw with, you know, drop kicks and things that should be taking her off her feet aren't taking. Jade off her feet. So there was moments and I'm like going, yeah, she's still really raw. She still hasn't figured out the selling aspect of what makes wrestling so great. But physically, she may be the most impressive female athlete we've seen since Charlotte came to NXT. Really? I mean, she is, I mean, she is completely put together. She's got the athleticism. She's yeah. Got the it reminds me a lot of Bianca. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Charlotte though to me, like Bianca is impressive. Charlotte is too, but I think Jade's cut a little bit better than Bianca was. How long do you think it takes for Jade to become the face of the AEW Women's Division? Uh, at least a year or two. I mean, she's still really so okay. Great. Do you think this experiment will be worth it for AEW with her? Um. Uh, it's, it's 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 either going to be Bianca Belair or it's going to be Eva Marie. I just don't think there's a middle ground with Eva this. Marie. Yeah, like yeah, I mean Eva Marie, physically beautiful woman, put together. <laughs> I see what you mean. Okay, you you've wow. Thankfully, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I see what you mean yeah. now. You scared me for a second. I'm just saying it's either going to be a home. It's it's Lars Sullivan. It's either a home runner or it's a train wreck. That's like a thing. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think that was uh, a good comparison there. Uh, and then we talked about it early on in the show, AW, uh, Paul White, no more BS, Paul White, uh, teasing a huge signing, uh, Hall of, potential Hall of Famer. Uh, they're going to reveal it this Sunday at the pay-per-view. Uh, becomes now the barn burn of, of names, Dr. Trey, of, of who it could be. Is it? Um, is it CM Punk? Is it... Brock Lesnar, is it Kurt Angle? Um, like, who comes to mind here, or is this? Do they put out? Is this? Is it really going to be a huge star? Batista had a comment on it. Is it going to be a huge star, or is this going to be something like Ethan Page? 
as a way to really hype them up as the, as a potential Hall of Famer and kind of swerve the fans a little bit? Or is this going to be like an earth-shattering sign and you think AEW has? And to me, it's it's so weird because it, to me, sorry, apparently Sammy thinks it's going to be horrible. Um, it's either going to be a big home run or it's going to be an old-school WCW swerve, like you mentioned with Ethan Page. It's either going to be somebody who's you know, kind of out of left field that we think of as being a traditional WWE guy, um, or it's going to be the introduction of somebody else new. And maybe it's the, you know, the, they get the Drew McIntyre chosen one treatment uh, from his, you know, SmackDown debut. Like this guy's a future Hall of Famer. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I, to me, it, it's kind of hard seeing any of those big name guys um, getting the rub. Maybe it's Mick Foley. Who knows? I, mm. I mean, Mick Foley's got history with everybody, so that's one name that I haven't seen mentioned. Okay, so a week from today when you and I rec- record and we recap review Revolution, we talk about this big reveal. Are you and I surprised, shocked, or let down? Um, I, I'm going to go with let down just because, <laughs> like, I, it's just – it just it feels very WCW Nitro towards the end of the run. Sir, please. What does Sammy think? I'm thinking. I'm, I think in his mind he's thinking CM Punk because maybe we can stop talking about CM Punk coming back to wrestling. Is that why he's so upset? Yeah, I don't know. It's he's very very upset. I don't I don't think he wants to see any of his favorite WWE guys in AEW. I think he wants to keep those those loyal attributes going for him. Like, this is the stuff that... I mean, Jeff, he has spent a lifetime watching WWE all two years. Does he uh, Does he watch AEW? Yeah, we. I mean, we, we watch AEW live on Wednesdays. But it's, you know... And then we watch Raw and SmackDown. So he's familiar with the product on both sides. But, you know, he's got all WWE figures. He doesn't have any AEW figures right now. So he's a little bit lost because those things are hard to find. Yeah, no, that is, they are hard to find. Is it harder to find than a PS5? Um, no, PS5 is so harder. I've actually seen, uh, I almost actually picked up, it was almost picked up the other day. It was, oh, they had uh, Matt and Nick Jackson and a Rio figure at a Walmart that I was at, and I was really tempted to buy it because the resale value was double what the what the uh, retail price was. This guy checked, I literally, this is the first time I've ever done this. I actually pulled up eBay to see what people were selling them for versus the Walmart price. Uh, and it was almost double. And, but then I, I couldn't pull the trigger. Wait, why? Is it really because they're too hard to find? Yeah, I mean, I've seen people selling the Orange Cassidy's and the Darby Allen's for like 70, 80 bucks. And they go for 20 in the store You're, because now, they're so hard to find. We've talked about this before. I've never really gotten on board with the, uh, what's the proper way to say it? It's not, they don't like to be called dolls. Action figures? Action figures. Yeah. Okay, because people I know like that's a big thing with Zach, uh, the former Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona. Um, you're you have like some really big action figures for professional wrestling, right? I've got a, I, I so my collection uh, when my daughter was born. At one point, when my daughter was born, I had probably close to a hundred figures. But I was the guy that, because I grew up with him, I was always the guy that would actually take him out of the package and, and wrestle with him and all that stuff. Um, and when my daughter was born, she got my collection because I would rather have her play with those than Barbies and Ken's. 
Uh, and then when Sammy came along, she gave me most of them back. She did keep a few, but then we also have a collection of, you know, some of the elite series figures. I mean, I got, you know, the Brian Pillman figure when it came out, a few other ones, the Hart Foundation, their original outfits. I've got a, a misprint error Bray Wyatt figure that literally has, I believe it's super crazy's tights, Dean Ambrose's hands, British Bulldog's boots. Like it's completely weird, but it's got Bray's head. You still have uh, that? Like, yeah, I still have that actually. Can you can you post that to the Facebook page? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Sammy loves his wrestling figures. I mean, that's what we did the whole Royal Rumble oh, yeah. thing. So he's got a, he's got a pretty. I mean, he's probably got close to twenty figures himself right now. And then we have all of our figures. Like my wife was collecting Oscar figures for a while, and Becky Lynch's and Paige. So she's got a little part of her wall in the bedroom that has those figures hung up. I have a little shelf that has my figures on it. So yeah, nice. we've got a decent little collection. I used to have the ones when I was a kid, like the uh, the WCW ones. I remember I had a Sting, I had a Hogan, I had the the, the yeah. famous Hogan, like the Body Slam one with the arms that would move. Oh, I was wondering if you actually had the ones that vibrated. Uh, nope. nope. Those were the weird ones. No, 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 <laughs> did not have those. Did not. Enough said. Enough said. That may have to be the teaser for for this week's show. The vibrating Ric Flair. Yep. That's it. All right, let's get into it. AW Revolution preview predictions. Uh, come see you this Sunday. It's not on Saturday this time. Uh, we'll kick it off for the pre-show match. Rio and Thunder Rosa take it on Dr. Britt Baker and Rebel. Uh, Dr. Trey, I have Rio and Thunder Rosa in this one. What say you? Yeah, I'm with you. Reba takes the loss. You think, wow. Have they missed yeah. the boat with Dr. Britt Baker or what? I see. I think she's so over in their mind. She doesn't need a title belt. Um, but yeah, to me, it's like strike while the iron is hot. Because I mean, what three months ago she was probably the hottest act in wrestling, and then they just never pulled the trigger on. But then again, it's hard to argue. I mean, Hikaru Shido has won me over as far as a champion. I, I think she's tremendous. Um, so to me, like that should have been. Like, they don't really do feuds like, like we're used to. They don't do these three-month feuds. It's literally like one-offs all the time. But to me, like that should have been the rivalry that this whole division's built around is Sheeta against Baker. Uh, next, ma- I agree with you. The next match here is Casino Tag Team Royale for a future AW World Tag Team Championship match. You have Bear Country, Reynolds and Silver of the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order, Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle, The Butcher and the Bla- Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, Pac and Ray Phoenix, the Death Triangle, Varsity Blondes, the Seidel Brothers, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels of FCU, the Natural Nightmares, Chaos Project, Dr. Trey's favorite tag team, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn of the Gun Club, Dr. Trey's second favorite tag team, versus uh, To Be Announced. There's also a To Be Announced in this one as well. Uh, I went with Pac and Ray Phoenix, the Death Triangle, based off of the way they were booked on Wednesday night where they just had a squash match. You know, I did not know there was a Colton gun until, like, <laughs> Wednesday. I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I was actually going to pick uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix as well. Um, squash match. Plus, you got uh, Penta in the ladder match as well. So, yeah, Pac and Ray Phoenix to me is, that was, was kind of my choice. Next match here is Miro and Kip Sabian taking on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor because I think they're going to start splitting away Miro and Kip Sabian. Yeah, because to me, Sabian is talented, but Miro's your star. So I will take uh, Orange. And, and Orange is already a star, so it's kind of getting Chuck Taylor the rub. 
Although I, I hope he wrestles in the Butler outfit. I really enjoyed that. But I'll take Orange in the Butler as well. Charles. Uh, next match here is the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AW TNT Championship match. You have Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Penta, El Zero, Miedo, uh, Lance Archer, Max Caster from uh, the, the uh, I almost said addiction, but that was the old uh, Kazarian Christopher Daniels uh, acclaimed. I like Max Caster. I like the acclaimed as well. Versus to be announced, which I'm going to say is going to be Ethan Page. Uh, and I'm going to go with Ethan Page winning this match, Dr. Trey. Um, I like that. I like that as well. But you know what? I am probably going to take Scorpio Sky because they had him on commentary. So I'll take Scorpio Sky getting the win. Uh, and you like Max Caster? To me, it's, it's I, I don't know. I just it's, it's, He's not a very good rapper. I think that's what's bringing wow. me down. Okay, rap yeah. battle. I'll have to see if we can get him on here and he can rap battle Dr. Trey. <laughs> or Sammy. We'll do one of those. Yeah, no, Sammy, Sammy would take it. Take it. To me, it, just, it seems like a really bad old school John Cena. Like, just <laughs> bad, though. Next match here is Hangman Adam Page versus Matt Hardy in a big money match. Winner receives the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. I can't really tell if I like this feud yet. Uh, I'm going to go with Hangman Adam Page getting the victory. I am going to go with Matt Hardy because he said he was going to destroy everybody in the Dark Order, and he hasn't done it yet because he just beat up 10. And that was pretty much it so far. So I will take Matt Hardy to hold this over uh, Adam Page for the next, what, three months? It's quarter three months. So, um, so the quarter's the ending season. soon. It ends in April. Yeah, I, so, so the first quarter is in March. Yeah, and part of this, I mean, it's a weird angle. Yeah, it shows you how bad at math Matt Hardy is because uh, the pandemic's coming to an end. So, I mean, the earnings in the second quarter will probably be higher <laughs> than the first quarter. Well said. Well, I did not think of that. Well said, Dr. Troy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going through this card, and uh, i got to be honest. There's some stuff with AEW that I, I like AEW a lot, but like Orange Cassidy, Miro – uh, Matt Hardy, Hangman Page, like some of this stuff has not been fantastic. It's being booked well, but it's not been amazing. No, I mean just Miro. The fact that I mean, literally in the last year, he's been involved in two weddings. Like True. that alone just kind of goes, yeah, that's not great. This whole thing over first quarter, like no, listen, wrestling fans need a dollar amount. Don't say first quarter earnings. Give me, hey, you, if I win, you give me fifty thousand dollars. You know, we need we we like round even numbers if we find out later matt hardy won uh it's kind of a letdown uh next match here is Hikaru shida defending the aw women's world championship against rio mitsunami i'm gonna go with rio mitsunami uh i'm taking shida i i i mean the the mitsunami she's a good worker but i to me it's like i, I that to me doesn't look like somebody you build over it reminds me of um uh, Toy, what's her name? The, the Toyota chick in in, U, in NXT UK. Uh, uh, Mi, um, Miko Satamora. Satamora, yeah. I don't know. I said Toyota. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Why, I don't know why you did either. <laughs> Just, okay. It's a good, it's a good veteran presence to have in the building and have teaching your younger stars, but I, you just don't build a women's division that's been roundly criticized with somebody that nobody's ever heard of. Outside of you know the the American borders, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Sheeta with the win. Next match here is Brian Cage and Ricky Starks taking on Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. I'm gonna go with Darby Allen and Sting. Yeah, it's hard to pick against that uh, just because of Sting's first match since the Seth Rollins match. 
Uh, and the fact that he's taking bumps and everything is just crazy to me. Um, so I'm going to take Darby and Sting in this one as well. It's just hard to pick against that. Next match is for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks defend against Chris Jericho and MJF. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks. Ah, oh, see, I, I, I'm going to take MJF and Jericho. I just think uh, oh. there, there's more more good intrigue out of Jericho and MJF having the tag belt. So I'll take them with the win. You don't think Sammy cost them the match? Sammy Gravara? No, I just think Sammy. Yeah, I just think Sammy comes back later and, and keeps driving that wedge between Jericho and MJF, and eventually we get the MJF-Jericho feud. Uh, and then finally here, the main event, it is for the AW World Championship, exploding barbed wire death match is uh, the gimmick in this one. This will be an interesting one. you got Kenny Omega defending against John Moxley. You go back to uh, AW Full Gear 2019. They had a very brutal hardcore match that uh, we even discussed, like there was no need for it. These two guys are amazing, and now they are taking it to a step level. So it'll be interesting what our reaction is a week from today. But with that said, Dr. Trey, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega retaining the AW World Championship on Sunday. Yeah, this one I've kind of gone back and forth on, but... I think I just think to with the Impact crossover, the New Japan crossovers, you know, the rumors of Kota Ibushi or Akata coming in, you know, I, I think they're going to let Kenny hang on to. Plus, he's still got the Good Brothers at ringside getting involved in this, so I'll, I'll take Kenny Omega retaining as well. So there you go, AEW Revolution. It comes to you live on pay per view this Sunday. We will recap and review the show uh, on next week's edition of the podcast on March the 11th. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com. WrestleChatNet on Twitter. And the Soto Realto Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us find the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTUJeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We got a big show coming up this Saturday uh, featuring the Tate Twins, formerly known as the Boys. Uh, the partnership with OBW coming in strong. We actually have, I think, four or five OBW wrestlers coming in for this show alone. Uh, so, getting some people out there outside of Ohio, getting it to come into Alabama is really big for us. Uh, looking forward to seeing that show. Plus. Wrestling Con 4 uh, coming up May 15th. Um, and, you know, hey, we saw another Rocket City alumni on AEW as Conrad Thompson, who was at Wrestling Con 1, uh, got to make an appearance and, be, and get called Turkey Tips. So, yeah. uh, congratulations. I love that. Um, so, check that out. That's called for all your uh, Rocket City Championship Wrestling merchandise as well. So there you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Real Toast Show and continue to spread the word about SRTU. That's how we uh, we keep things going. As uh, here we are in the month of March, kicking it off here. WrestleMania a month from uh, a month away. It's wild. It's crazy how things quickly go. And uh, we appreciate you for making us part of your week. So until next week, for Doctor Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is the Still Real Toast Show.
I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.